Hello and welcome to the First and Ten Fantasy Podcast. Uh, I'm Dave, I'm going to be your host tonight. Um, I'm joined, as always, by Miles. How you doing? Um, good, good. Looking forward to the Pats losing again. That'd be nice. No, no. Got our faith in, in Zappi. He's, uh, he's the future. <laughs> QB1. Um, yeah, 100%. Uh, and David, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm still recovering from uh, watching Daniel Jones walk a couple in, but yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough going. I'd say, get to see, uh, well, I might get to see him this weekend. Um, who knows whether he's actually going to play. I mean, it's a lot more fun when he's not actually doing anything, isn't it, really, with the Giants? But, you know, might get onto that later. Um, we are going to do all the same stuff as normal. Uh, we're going to look at a couple of games in focus and um, sort of go around the league a little bit. Um, we're going to look at some buy and sells at this sort of stage of the season. People are starting to uh, sort of almost give up on the season already at like one and three, I'm and four, something like that. And then, uh, yeah, we're going to have a look at a college player and, yeah, some of the trades from the last week in our leagues. But we will kick straight off with Miles. Um, we've already, already mentioned one of the uh, big players in this game, um, but it is the Patriots versus the Lions. Um, I mean, where do you want to start with that? Uh, Patriots skill positions, I guess. I mean... Where do we start? Well, I I think because the Lions defensively just they just keep allowing so many points and they just it's you kind of do feel sorry for them. But fantasy wise, I have Harris and Stevenson on the same roster in a couple of leagues, and I'm thinking it might be worth starting them both in the same mm-hmm. game because they seem to both be getting double digit numbers every so often. So I kind of feel like. If there's any team you can start two running backs from the same team against, it could be Detroit. So I'm actually I'm thinking about doing that in a couple of leagues. Um, not usually one to trust Patriots wide receivers, but again, De- Detroit are just shipping loads of points. So maybe this is, you know, maybe you can actually trust Aguilar and, and all that. But yeah, the QB position is what I'm worried about because... I mean, we've done a fully Hoyer status yet. Zappi's probably going to get the start because he was all right um, if Mac is still out. So, yeah, kind of think because anyone who's playing the uh, the Lions is probably fine in fantasy for that week. I um, think we're down Jonu Smith as well. So Hunter Henry could be peppered with targets um, this week. We had jo- Lil Jordan Humphrey playing as a, a second blocking tight end and he's a wide receiver so I feel like if Hans Henry's only true tight end out there he could be a good streaming option in redraft um, for this week yeah it hasn't happened for the tight ends yeah as of the season but say yeah. there's never a get right game as this one yeah it's against the Lions I mean before we move on too far but I mean Zappi are you, are you playing him are you, are you happy to take a chance on him because I mean I, I don't have him anywhere but uh, if well, I did because I own him everywhere I think. <laughs> if I did it would be against the Lions to you know if I was desperate this is a good game for him but other than that I'm I, I think that a lot of people have tried to sell on the hype of him after one game because I don't know people probably think he's actually not going to amount to much so try and cash in for a a second round pick or whatever if you can when he was but, yeah. genuinely like an electric college player he was uh he was unbelievable the numbers yeah he threw there nearly was... six thousand yards yeah, yeah it's just yeah. insane about but, 60 yeah. touchdowns last year or something wasn't it it's something crazy yeah. but obviously it's a ridiculous very different game he, mm. 
I think he's the definition of raw, isn't he? He's uh, yeah, yeah def- definitely got something there, but I'm not sure it's ever going to be anything. But it was, I think it's going to be probably more exciting than uh, the other two quarterbacks we've seen at the Patriots this year. Yeah, definitely. Probably, probably a lot more, a lot more ups and downs with him. But um, yeah, definitely going to be interesting there. Um, and then on to Detroit. I mean, the highest scoring offense in the whole league, which we all expected. I think. Um, <laughs> I mean, St. Brown might be back. Um, I mean, I hope so, but because I mean, there was a lot of doubt last week, but there was a slither of hope. So I'm hoping um, that this week maybe he can make a comeback because the targets are there. He's a machine so far this year. In his absence, you saw what Hawkinson did. He had an absolute monster game. So I feel like there's a lot of ball to go around in Detroit. So I feel like. Yeah, I just, I just think if he comes back, then again, a, a safe option to start. I'm actually in um, one of my leagues. I'm pretty desperate at QB, so I'm actually going to claim Goff off waivers and just start him for the rest of the season. I've had Tua and Lance in that team, and they've been a mess. So, yeah, I actually think Jared Goff might actually have a lot of fancy value this year with just that team constantly trying to keep up and loads of weapons. Could be, could be fun. What reminds me a little to, bit of the? God, sorry. I'd like to play in a league where Jared Goff's on waivers. To be honest, oh, it's a ten, it's a ten, it's a ten team one QB league. So, yeah, it's uh this will probably be the last week he's on waivers. But yeah, their um their offense is actually very very innovative, and yeah. um the OC Ben Johnson has already been touted for quite a lot of jobs already, and it's, we're only in week four, week five. But yeah, they're they're very innovative, and um yeah, the weekend. I managed to snag uh, Josh Reynolds in a, in a redraft league, and he, he hit twenty one points for me. Yeah. So that was nice. Lovely. But I think he t- I think he did a lot of the Amon Ross Brown role himself, didn't he? So him and Hawkinson mm. got most of the targets. I think I think Jamison Williams could be back this week, couldn't he? I think he's eligible to come back now. So be interested to see what happens with him when he uh, when he does finally get in the lineup because yeah, I loved him coming out. So he's he definitely an interesting one, and especially with uh, some of the other players they got there, he could uh, have a chance to. Do something. Jameson's got that freaky speed, hasn't he? That yeah. that freaky next gear speed. That's uh, yeah, game changing. And so, especially with a lot of the attention on Sir Brown and mm. maybe even Hopkins and stuff, then yeah, could be a good chance for him to in a very high powered offense. I say, so yeah, definitely an interesting one. I mean, uh, just going back to the um, Patriots as well. I'd be more inclined to start. Um, Stevenson and Harris together if Zappy plays because I, I just think that the Patriots will just run the ball mm. non-stop they, they did it against the Packers when Zappy come in obviously because they wanted to protect him a little bit but yeah I'd, I'd definitely look at starting both running backs if Zappy plays because um, yeah I don't think they're going to be throwing him a lot so um, he looked he looked a bit weird to me in the week I know I was doing some stupid messages in, in our chat but he just <laughs> He looked like a child a little bit and he was throwing some air balls and he just, yeah, he just looked a bit weird, but you know, he's still finding his feet. So yeah, but um, yeah, they both running backs for me if Zappi plays, definitely. Yeah, it does seem like he's going to start, doesn't it? Because I mean, they've signed Garrett Gilbert. I mean, he's been on the Patriots before, but I mean, that can't be a good sign for either of the other two quarterbacks, can it? If there's no. another another quarterback now. Um. All right, well... We will move on to our next game. Um, it is the Dolphins and the Jets, a very AFC East heavy uh, podcast so far. I mean, David, where do you want to start there? I mean, you've got a bit of a, a, a deep, deep, deep sleeper, haven't you, here? He's, uh, 
Yeah, so this is um, this is a dynasty football play. This is um, long term, obviously dynasty play. Nothing to do with redraft. Um, so Tua's obviously um, got his uh, highly publicised concussion issues. Um, he, he could just be one of those quarterbacks that we always see that just has all issues all the time. I mean, we saw it with Mariota before, but Tua had the hip injury in college when he was coming out. He just seems to be a quarterback that does pick up quite a lot of injuries as well. And his backup, obviously, um, the Dolphins obviously saw fit to um, go for a big backup in Teddy Bridgewater, maybe because of these injuries. But then again, Teddy himself is not exactly robust. He's um, He was out for two years with a knee injury that he had previously, had his knee reconstructed. He's also had concussion injury, injuries. And he's another guy, Bridgewater, that will always run and put his body on the line. You always watch him and he's always making these mad scrambles and he's always getting hit. So number three rookie, uh, number three quarterback on the team is the rookie Skylar Thompson. Um, I picked him up in a few just because sometimes these situations work out like this. You know, the number one quarterback goes down, the number two quarterback goes down and suddenly the number three quarterback is in. Ironically, um, during his college years, Skylar Thompson, he, he also struggled with injuries. Um, he, I think it was his third year. He missed the bulk of his 2020 season. I think he only played three games. He was a seventh round selection, pick number 247. Um, but he was the highest rated passer throughout the whole of preseason with a PFF grade of 138.5. That was the whole of preseason for the Dolphins. I know some people don't pay much attention to preseason or put much stock into preseason, but I saw him a few times as well, and he was he was really good. Um, zero interceptions as well for a rookie in, in preseason was is pretty good. There's also a quarterback friendly system there with Mike McDaniel. He will help the quarterback. The scheme will be good. Um, I just think he's worth a gamble. And um, Mike McDaniel as well um, was very effusive in his praise of uh, Skylar Thompson after the preseason when the Dolphins included him on their actual 53-man roster. It's very, very rare you get the third quarterback actually included on the 53-man roster. They normally let them drop to the practice squad and, and you know risk them being poached by another team. But Mike McDaniel said, we're not going to be stupid and, and put him on the practice squad where there's a chance he'll be poached. We're going to... We're going to keep him with the 53. So he's always been in and around the squad. I just think with Bridgewater, if there's an issue, um, we don't know when Tua's coming back, but Skylar Thompson is now the backup to Bridgewater. Anything can happen with with um, Teddy. So there's a chance he could get some game time. There's obviously a chance that he doesn't play at all this season or, or in next season as well. But he's probably... On your waiver, on your waiver wire in your dynasty leagues. Um, I picked him up in a few... Um, just where I had a spot for a third quarterback. And um, he was someone that I liked, someone that I liked going forward. And it was just an easy pickup and just to put on the squad. Um, As I said, he's probably on the waiver wire in a lot of your leagues. And you could have a potential NFL starter one day, which is priceless in Dynasty Superflex leagues. Or he he could be a, a backup, which is, again, very, very useful in Superflex leagues. If he amounts to nothing, then you simply release a lad that you've picked up for nothing on waivers. So I just think there's enough upside there where he could be a, a really good deep sleeper at quarterback for the Dolphins. Yeah, for sure. So as you say, there's, there's no real risk there, is there? So Yeah, I've, I've, I've picked him up in a couple of leagues as well, actually, because, again, there's just no real downside. You might as well just snag him in a super flex. So, yeah, I've picked him up in a couple myself. When when is that cheap? Isn't it? So you can, it might not even be on your roster in a couple of weeks' time, but yeah, it's 
when it's free. But I mean, before we move on from there, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, very usable, I would say, in a super flex league now with those weapons there. I mean, David, yeah, what do you think about him? Yeah, I'm playing Teddy in a couple of leagues this weekend. I mean, I'll, I'll put him on the block to sell him if I could, but then I looked at my team and I thought, actually, he's got some good weapons. They're playing the Jets and uh, I think I'm going to play Teddy in a couple of leagues this weekend, to be honest, if I don't sell him. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to play Teddy this weekend. But uh, I think he, he looked fine when he when he came in last week, to be fair. I know I know he threw the pick, but it was, it was, um, it was kind of a miscommunication, which to be expected with him coming in. But other than that, he looked fine. Yeah, so uh, we've we seen it before from him as well, which is always good to see, isn't it? You when you've seen seen it happen in the past at the Panthers, and yeah, so definitely someone you can uh, put straight in your lineups, which is always the case with some of these backups. And I mean, we've had seen a few quarterbacks go down, so getting somebody that you can put in is definitely valuable. Um, well, we we'll move on to the Jets. Um, I think we're going to talk about Brees Hall. So, I mean, just seems to be getting better and better, doesn't he? Um, I mean, take it away. I'll leave it to you, David. Yeah, so um, we started out the season and he was he was in kind of a weird third down role with Michael Carter on most of the early downs and most of the rushing work. And it was kind of a bit weird because you expected Brees Hall to be on, on the rushing and Michael Carter to be the third down back. But they they were they started out the season switched, which was kind of a weird um, week two. He saw a low of 27 percent of total snaps. Week three he saw a high of 51 percent of total snaps. And this week just passed he hit 67% of total snaps. So they're leaning on Brees Hall more and more. Now in Dynasty, you know, he's going to be owned everywhere. People are going to own Brees Hall everywhere. But this, for me, this is a recommendation for redraft where I think he could actually be a league winner. I think he's going to, his role is going to expand more and more and more. And I think we're going to see less and less of Carter. And a free down running back in um, in redraft, you know, could be a league winner. Um yeah, he's been in for more of the early rushing downs. He's outplaying Michael Carter, who's seeing less time. 17 carries at the weekend for 66 yards and a touchdown. Um, he's still very, very much viable in the passing game as well. Um, to, at the weekend, two receptions for 12 yards. You, what you see with rookie running backs as well as the season progresses is they pick up the blocking schemes more and more, and they're, they're better on pass protection as the season goes on. So in redraft, you know, he he'll be on teams, but it's whether they value him that highly going forward. So in a redraft for me, I've, I've tried to get him in a couple of redrafts just because on some teams he's their third running back. They just picked up a rookie. And so, yeah, I think in redraft, he could actually be a league winner. And I think he's worth trying to pick up, you know, if you've got spare receivers or redraft, sometimes someone doesn't have a second quarterback and they need one. Just try and get Brees Hall where you can. Cause I think, I think he's going to, uh, his role is going to expand further as the season goes on and he's got a potential to be an every down back which doesn't happen too often in the league so yeah I think he's worth a play in redraft obviously in dynasty everyone's going to have him I've got him in a few dynasties and yeah I, I, I loved him coming out so but yeah this is a redraft play try and get him where you can try and trade for him try and get him in because I think he uh, I think he could be a league winner I mean getting him in dynasty is going to be close to impossible isn't it with where people have drafted him not long ago and but yeah as you say redraft people are probably gonna be a lot more open to uh trading him and i mean everyone's always down on the jets aren't they but yeah. i mean th- these these players can be the difference can't they He's, uh, <laughs> for sure um right well i completely forgot to do our hits and misses from last week so i'll <laughs> do them now 
Um, only, this is the third week we've been doing these, and I've only forgot it twice, so not too bad. Um, Miles, do you want to take us with your hits and misses from last week? Um, I had, well, I mean, obviously, we were all banging on about Khalil Herbert. He did fine. Yeah. Pretty pretty solid performance. Maybe, obviously, not as high as the, the week before, but that sort of thing you can't really repeat. Um, but, yeah, I think that was that was the main... Yeah, that was the main one. I, I then, but then also kind of said Javante is a solid player, and then he gets injured, which isn't really a miss because no. that's not really his fault. But yeah, that was a bit of a bit of a bit of a sucker, really, because uh, you know you hate to see hate to see that. Um, Herbert actually was um, not Khalil Herb, Justin Herbert was pretty solid uh, over the weekend as well. Um, I was kind of torn between Madison and Cook. Because we weren't really sure about the health status of uh, Cook, but then Madison goes and scores the first touchdown, so that's a nice running back headache for us. Um, so yeah, just I kind of feel like I was okay last week. There weren't really, I didn't really put my neck on the line for many takes, um, other than Khalil Herbert. So yeah, I feel like I did all right. Khalil, um, Khalil, Herbert, Khalil Herbert was really, really good. It just didn't show up so much in the box score. He, he ran really, really well. Yeah, lots of chunk plays. He, he looks really, really good. But, yeah, he just didn't show up so much in the box score. I think he scored a touchdown, didn't he? Or he, he went over um, 12 PPR points anyway. But, um, yeah. yeah, he ran very, very well. But, yeah, it don't always show up in the box score, does it? Especially yeah. with the Bears, who are, who are terrible. And while Montgomery's out, that's almost his floor, isn't it, really? I think he's going to a pretty safe bet to get double-digit double digit points most weeks, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and, David, what about your hits and misses? Uh, KJ Osborne, massive, massive bust. So yeah, I've got to own that one. Uh, one catch, six yards. So I'm lucky uh, though, he got that touchdown call back, didn't he? That makes it yeah. makes the day look a hell of a lot better if that stays in, doesn't it? Yeah, I can't cling to that though, can I? So uh, I've got, I've got to take the, I've got to take the L with this one. Yeah, six, <laughs> one, one catch for six yards. So yeah, terrible. Um, Chris Olave though, he's becoming the uh, wide receiver one there, isn't he? He was the most targeted Saints receiver. He went four for. Four from seven for 67 yards and obviously got the touchdown. He um, he made a huge catch in the middle of the field late on as well, just to set them up for the kick as well. So they're looking for him. And um, yeah, I think that role is going to expand every week. So um, I, I'm personally, I've got him in one dynasty league. I'm, I'm going to be playing him every week, I think. Yeah, I mean, we didn't plan to talk about him or anything, but I mean, he's he looks like a real hit for the Saints, doesn't he? He looks like they've uh, really hit on him there. And especially with Michael Thomas, you know, not too reliable anymore. And some the other wide receivers not being great. He looks like a, a real star, doesn't he? Mm. Yeah. Um, right, we are going to move on to some... Um, what are we doing now? Sorry. <laughs> We're going to look at uh, the Broncos running backs. I mean, Javante's gone down, um, out for the season. Looks, I mean, pretty much the worst case scenario, wasn't it, in terms of the injury? Basically... Everything you'd hope hasn't happened on it is um yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty horrible. Yeah, and yeah, the the recovery rates don't look great for it. Um I mean I saw some things and I think it's like only thirty six percent of players come back from this and sort of produce at the level they did before. So yeah, tough, tough injury. Um but I mean it's rough for real life and rough for him, but in terms of fantasy it does open up some opportunities and I mean, I imagine in most leagues, these Broncos are going to be some of the most picked up players. Um, you know, I see Melvin God- Gordon's probably owned already, and he looks like the probably the safe bet out of them to get the touches. But 
David, does anyone else catch your eye? Yeah, I, th- I know that people are going to be quite high on Mike Boone as, as the pickup tomorrow on waivers, but um, I'd keep an eye out for Latavius Murray as well because hmm. they've taken him from the Saints practice squad and now they've got to have told him something to leave the Saints practice squad as well where he he could he played at the weekend in London and he could potentially have a, a role in, in that Saints backfield because it's very, very muddled. Kamara's injured. Ingram's not been that great so far. So the Broncos have told Murray something to get him off of that Saints practice squad. And I just, they, he was involved in the walkthrough earlier as well. Um, Nathaniel Hackett said there's a chance he could be involved Thursday. So I think that um, a lot of people are going to go for Boone, but um, I think Murray could be the sneaky one. I know that, um, I, th- I, th- I do think actually Melvin Gordon will be the number one. I know that he didn't play a lot last week and he seemed to be in the doghouse, but I think that, he come into the game with a neck injury as well, and then he fumbled. And I just think it was bad, bad all round. You know, he might be in the doghouse for the fumble, and then he had the neck injury. So I just think it was that week that he wasn't using. I think he'll be the one, but then I think I think it could be Murray more as the two, with still Boone mixing in as the third down back occasionally. So yeah, I'd keep an eye out for for Murray for me. Mars, do you agree with that? Yeah. Um. Again, they picked him up from a, a good Saints team and. Yeah, just Melvin Gordon has been fumbling quite a bit. So I just, yeah, it, there's a good chance he just loses some work. I don't really think Boone is the guy. So, uh, yeah, I personally think Murray's brought in to be the number two. Um, otherwise, they would have just elevated someone from their own practice squad, really, wouldn't they? So, yeah, but it's a, it's now because of because no one's really the star there, it's still going to be a crowded backfield, I think. But Murray has a great chance to carve out a role. Um, but yeah, they'll be they'll be fine running the ball, I think. For like from a non-fancy point of view, but in terms of fancy, I like the upside of Latavius Murray. Yeah, for sure. So I, I totally agree. I think he's uh, I think he's definitely the pickup of sort of the two that are most likely to be available. We, I thought we looked pretty good on Sunday. What do you have like? Mm. We had like ten or eleven carries in the and uh, got a touchdown in there. Pretty solid game. Um, definitely wouldn't have been unhappy if you started him then. Um, but. On to Atlanta. Um, the situation looks a little bit clearer there, Miles. Um, Cordero Patterson obviously had a knee operation, was it? Um, doesn't look like it's going to be too long term, but um, with a rookie there, he's, I mean, Patterson's not getting any younger, is he? Um, no. Is there a chance for that he doesn't that he comes back and he doesn't have a job anymore? Well, it depends how good Algier is because he, I mean, he wasn't remarkable in college, but he was still solid. And I did like him coming out this year based on his landing spot because he landed on a roster with two pretty old running backs. And I know Cordero Patterson has been really, really, you know, pretty productive. But again, age is never a good thing for a running back. So, um, yeah, just just really, really like I drafted Algier in like four or five leagues simply because the upside of is there when you're behind a couple of old guys. Williams has already gone uh, onto IR and now uh, Cordero Patterson's on IR. So yeah, it looks like Algier season. Hopefully, okay. he was pretty. So I think he got like eighty something yards at the weekend. So yeah, eighty-four yeah. yards he got on ten yeah. carries. So. So that's that's game. that's very very efficient. So, yeah, I'm liking the look of him. Um, maybe not starting this week because obviously the Bucks yeah. have got a really really good run D. But I think going forward, I do. You know, especially when you've got 
I mean, I know the Falcons haven't been using Pitts and London brilliantly, but when they're down the field, it just opens things up a bit. So, yeah, do really like Algier this season. And uh, David, like Caleb Huntley, he uh, split carries on Sunday. I mean, is is he? Is, do you think it's going to be that going forward, or is it more Algier? It, uh, it honestly wouldn't surprise me if uh, Caleb Huntley does the early work and Tyler Algier picks up the uh, the third down work. I don't know. It could be a split of Algier and, and Huntley on the early stuff and with Algier picking up the third down stuff. But um, Caleb Huntley was quite impressive with his downhill running at the weekend. And um, they were they were quite... Um, they liked what he did. They come out and, and said about how... Um, Harry was very, uh, very efficient in what he did. But um, another one to keep a sneaky eye out for as well, Damian Williams, who started out the season as number one. He's actually back next week, or he's eligible to be back next week. So he could figure into it as well. I just think it could be a very muddled backfield. But um, Tyler Algier was a um, converted linebacker from BYU, and um, he was a free down back there. So he's, he's definitely got the receiving profile if they, if they want to use him in that way on the third down stuff. Yeah, so it's uh, definitely an interesting spot, isn't it? I think this week's all about the running backs and quarterbacks of uh, how many players that all went down over the weekend, mm. isn't it? And yeah, I think there's some uh, interesting pickups there. Lots of pl- lots of players that is almost pick up and maybe don't start this week, but come next week they could be pretty valuable. Um, right, we are going to do some buy and sells. Um, I mean, David, do you want to uh, start your first sell? Yeah. This is uh, my first dynasty sell. Uh, so yeah, dynasty football, um, super flex, um, just your dynasty leagues. Let me preface this by saying I actually really love the player. I love him in real life. I think he's an amazing wide receiver. Um, he's one of my favorite wide receivers to watch. I think he's uh, a good guy as well. Apparently around the building he's amazing. He's a team captain, but uh, in dynasty, um, I'm looking to sell Terry McLaurin. Um, Met with gasps around everywhere, but um, uh, he's yeah. As I go back to that, he's a great guy. Apparently, around the building, he's a team captain. And even when he was waiting for his new deal this summer, he was still in and around the building and in in meetings. And apparently, very good around the rookies um, and things like that. So he's very highly rated by Washington. He's a great receiver, but at age, he's by no means old. But in dynasty, there's a perception around age and. Terry McLaurin is now 27. I think he's 28 very soon. And the value starts diminishing as soon as they hit 28. Um, it sounds ridiculous. We're in, we're all in dynasty leagues and it's much, much tougher to sell um, players as they hit 27, 28, 29. Just the value is not there. So I think this could be the last chance to make some value on Terry mm. McLaurin. Um, the quarterback situation in Washington is terrible, to be honest. Uh, Wentz might not even last out the season. Um, and if you have a rookie coming in or um, like a backup coming in for a while, then the play not, might not be that great for McLaurin. Um, they, the, the quarterback play probably isn't good enough to support three receivers. And you've got McLaurin, Samuel and Dotson now. So there's more, more mouths to feed. I know it's a cliche, but yeah, there's more mouths to feed there now as well. Uh, McLaurin, it used to, used to have the back, the uh, the wide receiver share all to himself, but now with Samuel and Dotson there as well, so mm. there's that to contend with. Um, I just don't think Washington are good enough to support three legit receivers, and, and the quarterback situation there might be a bit of a pain for 
maybe a year or so and by that time a pro is 28 29 and even more difficult to sell i think you can still probably get some value on him right now i always think it's tough to value a player like him isn't he because he is still quite valuable to you but mm. yeah, if you can i mean what are you looking for in for a return on him uh i think you're getting a first i think you, you can get a first plus for him at the minute well what did we see this morning he went this morning didn't he in one of our leagues someone picked him yeah. up that, that was a pretty crazy trade to me, that one, to be fair. It was <laughs> yeah. um it was Aaron Rodgers and DeAndre Hopkins um for McLaurin, uh Brissett and a fourth, I wanna say. Yeah. I, mean, Weird. I mean obviously the, the Rogers side is very win now, but <clears throat> yeah, I mean the person trading him away is three and one. So uh yeah, I didn't really get that one to be honest, but mm. um but yeah, so that's, that's a big haul for McLaurin, really, isn't it? There's a lot of faith in him. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got, he still goes for quite a lot now, McLaurin. But I, I think that's that time's running out. Yeah, and so I think people's um, lack of faith in Wentz is uh, definitely something that plays into that. But I mean, I mean, I might as well that sort of could segue into your buy. To be fair, um, so I mean, who who is your dynasty buy? So, yeah, another, this is a bit of a commander's heavy uh, buy-sell and you two guys will know about this from me personally because I think I've tried. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of times. Yeah, I've tried with both of you to get him. but um, Howell. Yeah, my dynasty. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sam Howell. But um, his competition right now is obviously Carson Wentz, who is an absolute mess. And uh, Taylor Heineke. I don't mind Heineke, but. He's probably a career backup and they know what they're getting with him. He's competent. He's fine. But at some point, this might become a lost season for, for Washington because they, they're just not going to be able to sustain anything with Wentz. Um, he's fine against some of the bad teams, Wentz, and you get some good throws out of him. He threw a couple of nice throws at the weekend, but then it'll be a mess and it's just you can't rely on him. So at some point, the commander season might be dead and... They know what they've got in Heineke, career backup. He's fine. He, he, but they're gonna, they might have to take a look at how and see what they've got. Um, mm. He was very, very good in preseason weeks one and three. Um, as I said before, I'm a nerd. I watched the preseason. Uh, he was, uh, he was happy to push the ball deep. Uh, he's a very, he's an underrated runner as well. He's very mobile. Happy to pick up yards of his feet. Um, there were moments as well where he was looking off coverages. Um, they kept mentioning it on commentary as well. It just he was just had some very NFL level traits that I liked. He was massively underdrafted in round five. I mean, every analyst said round five for Sam Howe is crazy. Um, mm. He was really good at um, UNC. I mean, if he'd have come out a year earlier, I think he would have gone pretty high. He was he had a bit of a down year at UNC just because they lost a lot of their um, talent to the NFL, but. Yeah, I just think he was underdrafted in, in the fifth round. I think there is a massive pathway at the Commanders. Wentz could be, you know, Wentz could be out any time soon when the Commanders season is over because they've got to take a look at how and see what they've got. And I think, I think he could be good because I think Scott Turner is a very good uh, coordinator as well for his quarterbacks. Um, I think how could have a pathway there. He's on a few taxi squads in dynasty squads um, at the minute. Um, I've tried to pick him up from uh, you guys and a few other guys. Yeah, <laughs> I, managed to, I managed to get him last week in a, in a dynasty league for a third, just because I had a spare third from a, from another deal, and I wanted to take the gamble and and get get one one uh, one share, as they say, of Sam Howell. But um, 
he can be poached. He's on he's on the poaching um, where we've got the poaching in the uh, first and ten dynasty leagues. He's on a couple of squads there for a second, and um, I don't really want to pay a second at the moment. But um, yeah, I think he could be an interesting dynasty buy um, soon. Yeah, I think uh, say for a third. I think I think people overrate third round as a little bit, don't they? There's not. There's not that many rookie drafts where you come to in the mid third round. I love and third round picks. Oh. <laughs> I love I, the value. I don't I mean, know what it is. It's like you can just get one chucked in anywhere, and yeah. It's I mean, I guess if they add up, it makes sense because uh, obviously there's um, some, but they're just they're just punts, aren't they? Really. So, I mean, it's a if you can get someone like Hal for a for basically a punt, then uh, yeah, I think he's definitely worth picking up. It's yeah, I got him in a couple. It's worth picking up those late three four or five picks in, in the FA10, F, FAT leagues just because the poaching's in place. So if you've got a couple of those spare yeah. and you, you just want to poach someone, you can do that. Yeah. yeah. So it's another element, isn't it, that the poaching brings in. But, uh, yeah, definitely uh, something to look at there. Yeah, let me let me ask you two. I mean, you've got Sam Howe and, and, you, and you wouldn't deal with him. Do you both like him as well? Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I actually, in our... Uh, in one of our leagues, that's not the not the first and ten ones, but the the CC league, I tried to trade up for him in the draft, and then the trade didn't go through, and then he fell to me anyway at the end of the third round, and I was like really really happy with it. And then in one of my other leagues, someone dropped him, oh, and man. in the off season they drafted him at the end of the third, dropped him, and I picked him up straight away because yeah, I just like the talent. I think I wasn't overly sold on him. Um, when I was watching his film and stuff, but I think there's something there, and he's you know in a, again super flex leagues QBs are always valuable, so why not? Yeah, like I re- I do like him a lot, and it's, well, it's a situation like as much as anything because as you've mentioned already, I think there's a a very real chance that he gets in in the not too distant future. But um, I think the league where you were trying to get him off me is just a league where. I just needed some upside with quarterback, really. Um, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm playing some pretty bad quarterbacks in that league. So just having some, just another sort of lottery ticket, I guess, is uh, just, it's worth having because, yeah, some of the other players I've got, I haven't got so much upside. But I mean, if I was in a league where I, pro- I was pretty set, you know, I had like three sort of solid QBs, I'd probably sell him. Um, but yeah, I do, I do like him. I think, yeah, I think he's got a chance to definitely do something and well worth sort of picking up at that sort of value i mean if their season's lost at any point what's what's the point of looking at taylor heineke you, you yeah. might as well look at him mm. yeah. and uh so we've seen wentz have some injury issues in the past haven't we as well so could mm. definitely get in sometime soon right and miles we'll move on to yours now i mean who is your we'll start with yourself who, who are you selling this week um funnily enough i've just hyped him up not to try and sell him but tyler all year um just think the fifth round draft capital they can pick someone up later on I think you know I think he's good but I just don't know if there's he's a long-term option uh, running back for Atlanta so I think if I got a good enough offer for him I would I would sell him um also Damian Pierce is another one again these running backs with low draft capital that are starting I think always I mean, I've seen trades flying about of Damian Pierce for a 23 first. I'll be all over that. I'll be selling him for that straight away. Um, yeah, it definitely. Yeah, I just, I don't know what it is. I think people think that they can hit on a running back like with late draft capital and it, and it works, but 
it rarely works out. You know, you look at Elijah Mitchell. Okay, he's injured, but he was in a rotation and they drafted someone in the third this year anyway. So, yeah, just um, I'm always up for selling running backs with low draft capital as soon as I can, really. It makes a lot of sense. I think both of those players are going to be uh, players that people are going to be sort of liking, aren't they? Say so Pierce in particular after that. Yeah. What it was about 80 especially. yards and run. That, that sort of stuff uh, adds to the price, doesn't it, each week? Mm. Um, and onto your onto your buy, sorry. Who, who, who are you buying this week, if you can? Um, Gainwell, because that, that Philly team can run the ball quite well. But, you know, Miles Sanders is, is the guy. And... This I don't know. I just I just I really like Gainwell again, just really good receiving the ball out of the backfield as well. And if anything happens to Sanders, I just think that you know Gainwell can step up. I don't really think Boston Scott is, you know, anything special. And you have to remember, like, Gainwell comes from the magic running back college. So yeah, yeah. I do I do like him. Um just think people are probably quite down on him right now because Miles Sanders is just running away with everything and Gamewell's barely getting a look in and I just think that is lowering his value quite a bit um, so yeah I'm trying to move for Gamewell where I can at the moment Yeah I, I, I do like Gamewell but um, I think I've, oh, I've always liked Miles Sanders and I think I was one of the people that actually stayed on him this summer because people were selling him for silly prices but I, I've still got him in where I've always had him and um He's been really good this year, and yeah. the schedule the schedule that the Eagles have as well they're just set to run on people whenever they can. So, I do like Gamewell as well, and have one of the as you said one of the Memphis boys he can catch as well. That's the thing, isn't it? When they want to spell Sanders, they've got a perfect guy to come in. Yeah, and what's what's good with them? They do seem to be getting ahead as well, don't they? They're not like they're they're, still, they're coming out quick and uh, yeah, then they can sort of run the ball a lot in the second half. But yeah, both them Eagles uh, run backs. Got potential to be really good. I mean, we saw last year, didn't we? That when the Eagles definitely like game well, it's not like it's uh, yeah, not like he's um, sort of the coaches don't like him at all. So he could definitely just one just one week just break out, couldn't he? Yeah, the thing about um, a game well as well as a buy is that one thing Sanders has struggled with in his time is injuries. So yeah, I think game well is definitely mm-hmm. a good buy for that reason. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, right, we are going to move on to our college focus. Um, we are going to look, I mean, we've done all the other positions so far, I think, now, but we're going to have a look at a tight end. Um, I mean, David, do you want to take us away on this one? I mean, he's a player I like, um, but I, I do always fall in love with this player, so I should probably, before this type of player every year, I, I like him. I like all the, all the tight ends, but yeah, David, do you want to go, go, into, the, go into this player? Yeah, so it's Michael Meyer, uh, tight end of uh, Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, but um, not not the guy in Wayne's World, and not the guy <laughs> who's always trying to kill his sister in Halloween either. So uh, yeah, Michael Meyer. Um, so Notre Dame is one of the the seven schools who compete as an independent, but they play the most of their games against colleges from the ACC. Uh, he was a four star recruit out of Covington Catholic School in Kentucky. He was an immediate starter in his freshman year because he. He literally replaced Cole Commit. So he came straight in for Commit and he was in from the off a starter. And that's very, very rare at the college level. Uh, third team All American in his sophomore year. He's six foot five, he's 251. So he's an ideal tight end size. Um, he's very, very physical, very, very aggressive. Uh, he ran a high school 40 
a 4.80. So he's not rapid. It's not slow. It's kind of just there. But he's um he's not got elite speed or burst. Um, but he's a very powerful runner. He's often described as violent in his play as well. He's he's very aggressive, very strong, very tough. He gets off the line well. Uh, you can't be pressed really. He's just too aggressive, and yeah, they've really got no chance with him. He's a sufficient blocker. Um, it's something he needs to improve. He's very very willing. He doesn't mind doing it, and he, he's happy to get stuck in because, as I say, he's been described as violent, and that's his that's the way he is. But he's not he's not always used in that way at Notre Dame due to how good he is in the receiving game. So that's not they don't really use him in that way, but he, he, he's happy to do it. Um, 450 yards, two touchdowns in his freshman season. So his first season, he was already productive. 840 yards and seven touchdowns last year, and currently he sits on 233 yards with three touchdowns. Um, he's projected as the number one tight end of the 2023 class. And um, it's tough to... It's tough to rate, rate and rank um, tight ends at college because mm. I think Miles said it last week. Uh, at the start of the season, there'll be guys listed and they'll be nowhere and there'll be guys not even being talked about and there'll be the guys drafted high. But uh, this mm. is one guy where um, he's going to be, he's, he's projected to go higher and I think he will go high. He's definitely the tight end one of the class, but I mean, there's people like Eric Gilbert, um, Jalil Billingsley and Dalton Kincaid and Eric Hall. So, you know, it could be a different list at the end of the year. But I think that Michael Meyer is the one consistent and he will still be the uh, the Titan one of the class. Yeah, and I mean, I've seen him go, well, in, for, for what mocks are worth at this stage, but I've seen him go as sort of high as about 10. So uh, definitely in that sort of category with, well, TJ Hawkinson went about then, didn't he? What, what did he go in the end? About seven? Uh probably know that off the top of my head because again, I did love him. But um I mean, Miles, is he is he a player you would like to see in New England? I mean, we've drafted well, a yeah, few tight ends over recent years. <laughs> we seem to be bad at drafting tight ends. So yeah. yeah, I just well, we were good once, you know, Hernandez and Gronk in the same draft, and then just kind of think we just sold our soul for those two, really, didn't we? I mean it um, worked out right. Well, yeah. Sort of, you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, it just again, he's touted as the best tight end. But then last year, Jalen Widemeyer and Charlie Kolar were, and Widemeyer's an undrafted free agent. So you know, we'll see. But I do really like him. I think again, he might not be a victim of being too good at blocking, which means fantasy wise, he does get a lot of receptions and targets because you know guys like Hawk and Kittle and they they just block a lot because they're really good at being tight ends. So. You think maybe because he's not a completely polished blocker yet, that that maybe that that factors into a lot of fancy production. Um, but yeah, do really like the look of him. Um, was watching some highlights of his earlier just to just to freshen up, and he's just again he hasn't got that burst, but just so physical that if you put him on a linebacker, he's winning. So yeah, just really really like him. Um, definitely the tight end one of the class so far, but. We could have this conversation in a few months and it's it's completely different because NFL teams just look at tight ends so differently to, to to us. So we'll see. But yeah, I do like him for now. Yeah, yeah it, all, it all depends what um what NFL teams want from their tight end as well, doesn't it? Some of them just want a blocker, some of mm. them just want a big receiver, some of them just want a mismatch. So it really does depend on what the NFL team. But um going back to Eric Gilbert, another one who could go high. Um, he was initially at Florida State, 
where he was scheduled to replace Cole Pitts. And a lot of people believed he was going to be better than Pitts because uh, like Pitts, he was a five-star recruit, a physical freak, like um, very, very similar to Pitts. And in 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 he's a very much a one-off athlete. He's had a few issues and he recently transferred to um, Georgia. He's been switched between tight end and wide receiver by Georgia because Georgia's tight end room is um, Eric Gilbert, Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington. And Darnell Washington's eligible to come out this year as well. And he's he's another one that's highly rated. So they've got three mm. amazing tight ends in there. Brock Bowers is skele- uh, eligible in 2023 and he, he looks amazing as well. So... They've switched in between tight end and, and wide receiver this year, Eric Gilbert, but he is a physical freak. And depending on how he finishes the season, he could, he could shoot up the boards as well. But yeah, that Georgia tight end room is a joke. I mean, it looks like it might be one of the better tight end classes in a long time, doesn't it? There's lots mm. of uh, lots of players there that, I mean, I think we, like, it's not often we get too many sort of relevant tight ends in rookie drafts, is there? But I think this year we might see a few. Um I mean, you already mentioned a couple of them. We, we, we said we're going to have a bit more of a chat about just tight ends in general here because, I mean, it's such a tough position, isn't it? I mean, George Kittle, we've spoken about him before. I mean, in fantasy terms, he's an absolute disaster this season, isn't he? Um, <laughs> I mean, David, what, what are you doing with... Do, do you own Kittle anywhere still? Um, yeah, I mean, I will keep him around because he's all... He's all He's better with um, Garoppolo playing as well rather than Lance. I think Lance, he just would have been used strictly blocking. But um, I think there's a chance Garoppolo could use him more as a receiver. But he's just such a good blocker that he's just clearing out lanes for Debo, Juszczyk and Jeff Wilson. And they don't really use him. And he's such a fun receiver as well. I mean, a couple of years ago when he when he kind of broke out, he was so good to watch after the catch and just um, violent, brutalising people off the ball and, and they just couldn't stick with him and he's pushing people off, breaking tackles. Such a fun receiver, but it's just, he's so limited now to just blocking and he's so boring. <laughs> Miles, I mean, does this does this show just how good Rob Gronkowski was? Because, I mean, he was yeah, one of the best blockers like... we've ever seen at a position and yeah. he still managed to put up numbers like like anyone he's uh that can compete with anyone so one once in a lifetime kind of talent because yeah again like, i remember watching loads of um the nfl top 100 interviews and loads of you get linemen talking about him saying oh he blocks like an offensive lineman but he can also run like a wide receiver and catch like a wide receiver so it's just yeah again he he was just a, a one in a million really like miss him a lot but yeah I just don't think he was like per- the perfect tight end. But then you get again guys like Kittle and Hawk who are just so good at being tight ends that it hurts their fancy production. I think another one of those bit smaller talent wise, but is uh, Tommy Tremble. Like I really liked him coming out of college, but again he's just a really really good blocker, so he doesn't really get targeted much um, for Carolina. But also Carolina's a bit of a dumpster fire at the moment so can't really trust many pieces on that team i was gonna say i don't think anyone's getting <laughs> getting yeah. any targets in uh, carolina right now with the bum at quarterback <laughs> that's uh yes yeah, a rough situation there isn't it with i mean the, the two players that could take over from him both on ir at the moment aren't they so yeah, yeah. it's a rough situation in carolina i mean in terms of like upside at tight end are you just looking for these players that are essentially wide receivers sort of coming out or... i mean 
I'm I'm I really would like I like taking a bet on I took a bet on Jelani Woods in a few leagues because he had a perfect RAS score, relative athletic score, which basically means he's a freak athlete. So mm-hmm. yeah, um because those guys again they're quite raw. They could amount to like not a lot because again they're just fantastic um physical um athletes, but they might not be polished at receiving or blocking. But yeah, Jelani Woods so far has looked pretty good. So yeah, I've I've taken a punt on him in quite a few leagues because the upside is there and again really cheap when you're taking a Jelani Woods has taken on a team that had taken a tight end like a year or two before and they had Miley Cox. So I think he was the th- tight end three on that team. Probably still is, but the upside's really there for him at the moment. Yeah, I think he's the he's the long term Moelle Cox replacement, isn't mm. he? I mean, I mean, Moelle Cox. I think he's like the I think he's number like the tight end two at the moment on the season or something, which is <laughs> pretty crazy. Maybe a reflection of uh, how the position is going so far. But um, silly season. Oh, really, oh, sorry yeah. for the, this week. Sorry, not the, not the season. This week. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I meant this week. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's a rough position, isn't it? So. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you can get some upside. It's worth a punt, isn't it? For sure. I there, really, because... um, I really like Pat Frymuth. I really, yeah. I've got him in. Um, I've got him in a redraft league. I, I play him every week, and I really like Pat Frymuth. I think he could get more, uh, more work as well. You know, uh, quarterbacks coming in like their, like their safety blanket in the tight yeah. end. I, mean, I think Frymuth's decent. Yeah, he's. Um, I mean, do you prefer Pickett there? Do you think with him coming in? Well, it looks like he's going to come in, doesn't it? Do you think? Would you feel happier playing him with him there? Yeah, definitely. I, I pick it uh, even when he come in um, at the weekend. Much more eager to throw um, receivers open. You know, Trubisky liked to like to wait until they were open for about three hours before he threw to them. But um, yeah, Pickett was far more willing to throw, and it, picking Pickett kind of gave. Um, George Pickens his game as well, so yeah, I'm much more infused for the Steelers receivers with uh, with Pickett than Trubisky. I mean, I'm a Chicago fan. I've seen enough of Trubisky now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's rough, isn't it? Um, th- there's a reason he's been a backup for a couple of seasons, isn't there? And uh, I think it's quickly quickly shown there. Um, right, we will move on to some of the trades from across the fan- uh, first of ten leagues. I mean, it's not been too many, but I mean, one that's pretty relevant to uh, what we've just just been chatting about. Um, Noah Fant and a second rounder for George Kittle. I mean, that's a bit of a fall from grace for Kittle, isn't it? But I mean, is this just a real buy low there and hoping that you can get something out of him, or do you think this is a fair trade, David? Uh, that happened in um, in one of the leagues that I was in actually, and I, I couldn't I couldn't work out which side I, which side yeah. I liked, which is kind of sad really because I love Kittle, mm. but yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, the, I know the guy that, that took him was looking for a, a tight end one, so I think he's still a believer in Kittle. So I, I like to think that it works out for him because I want to want to see Kittle come back to, to where he was. So yeah, he took him, he took him, he took him gambling on Kittle's um, place being back to where he could be. Yeah, I mean Kittle is still coming back from that injury, isn't he? So it could be that he is just sort of warming up a bit, and you know, next couple of weeks we maybe see him break out a bit more, but. Yeah, that was a. It, when it come through, I was a bit. Like, oh, yeah, that's a. That's a pretty interesting one because mm. I mean, fans not exactly uh, line it up, is he? Um, yeah, rough <laughs> he's on. He's kind of been. He's kind of been overtaken by Will Disley. So. Yeah, it's, yeah. The fan. The fan part of it didn't seem to be too relevant to me. It almost felt like second and a throw in for Kittle. So, yeah, mm. definitely an interesting one because I mean, you never would have picked Kittle up for that. Um, 
well, probably before about three weeks ago, I don't think. Mm. But uh, yeah, pretty tough there. Um, another trade that went down, um, Marcus Mariota for two thirds. I mean, what do you think of that one, Miles? It's um, pretty cheap for a, for a starting quarterback. Well, you know, I love me some thirds, but yeah, I think it's more like a year rental, isn't it? I don't really think Mariota is going to be starting next year. Um, but yeah, I, again, if 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 that is a contending move, then I guess I like it because you're just throwing away two picks that no one other than me seems to value. So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I like it from a contending point of view. If you just got a, I mean, obviously I saw David, you know, uh, cash in on on. Um, Mariota in another league so yeah I think I think a lot of people are just buying him on the cheap now for um just a quick backup win now backup if you want but yeah I kind of like it I think it was that in a super flex league yeah yeah yes yeah I think me I mean again it's it's kind of hard to ask for a second but again the value bump could could apprise a second out of that but yeah I like it two-thirds nice little move should benefit both sides really I mean, I think at the start of the season, a lot of people thought Mariota probably wouldn't last season. But I mean, I think Falcons look like they're going to be decent enough. Like the season's not going to be over for a while yet, isn't it? I think they're going to win just enough games for him to stay in there. So mm. definitely an interesting one. Um, we did have I mean, I one. Was, po- oh, go on. Sorry, go on. Sorry. I was tempted to say that uh, that Arthur Smith might be fairly decent, but then I remembered that he can't seem to use a mismatched tight end. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the pit, the pit's use is driving me crazy. I've got yeah. pits in, in a few teams, and he's, the returns on him is so bad. Yeah, he's um he's in that spot now where you just can't redo really anything with him, but just start him, and <laughs> he's probably not got an option better than him have you week to week. But yeah, yeah he's a uh, yes frustrating one having him in your lineup. Uh, we will move on to the poachers. We did have one this week, and it did involve you, David. Um, I mean, a pretty cheap punt on a tight end. Yeah, so I, I gave up, uh, I think it was a third for Daniel Bellinger. I mean, I, I can't come on this show and, and praise Daniel Bellinger a couple of weeks ago and then not poaching, can I? So I'm kind of mm. backing up my uh, my own take. But f- funnily enough, it's actually, it's actually linked to Kittle because he's my only real tight end. I've got commit. Uh, K. Dotton as well, I think. So my tight end room is fairly dead, and I just like the upside with Bellinger. Um, Kittle missed the first couple of games, and I, and I played Cole Komet, and he hit zero in both. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> I've got no real, I've got no no real backup for Kittle, and Kittle might not always get used as he should. I kind of like the upside of Bellinger, and there's no real deal available for any other tight end in that league. So yeah, it's just a nice. Like again, I had a spare third where I've just picked out from another deal. So yeah, I just took the punt on on Bellinger. He had quite a good weekend, to be honest, and he—I think he's over five to seven points every week so far, or since week two, I think. So he's not doing too bad, and the risk, the options in in uh, New York seem to be dropping weekly. So yeah, I don't mind Bellinger. Yeah, I think that says sort of the state of the position. As we've already mentioned, that I mean, five seven points each week doesn't sound too bad, does it? As a as a floor, it's, yeah. Um, yeah, pretty rough. I mean, that pretty much brings us to the end this week. Um, I mean, Miles, how'd you get on in fantasy, your fantasy leagues this week? Oh, this they honestly had the worst week I've ever had in fantasy football ever. It was an absolute travesty. Um, just nothing seems to go right because I've got a lot of because I'm not in like a million leagues. A lot of the players I've got, I've got them in like a lot of leagues. So if one player doesn't play well, it just affects multiple leagues and uh. Yeah, had obviously had St. Brown out, which just was a killer. Mark Andrews didn't really show up much. Um, 
yeah, I just I had a real stinker in a lot of leagues. So yeah, back to the drawing board. We go again week five. Oh, I finally got a uh, win in our podcast league against yeah, you. Yeah, but... over me. Yeah, yeah it was, uh... and I was the third highest scorer. So yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty annoying. I would have beaten half the league. I, mean, I did have Hawkinson, so that probably yeah. uh, explains a lot of it. Hawkinson and Jefferson put up about eighty points between them, or something. And I had Pitts, who put up like one point or whatever. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. not that, but yeah, just another dud weekend, really. That's, that's the worst thing when you're in a few leagues because you have, as you, say, you do have a, a lot of the same players. So when you have a bad one, it's a really bad one. But... Yeah. I mean, David, what about you? How's your fantasy seasons going so far? Well, where I'm in so many dynasty leagues, it's it's kind of mixed results every week. I win win like seven or eight, and then lose like five or six. But yeah, it's, it's mixed every week. But um, the redraft was better this week. Where I was doing terrible, I, I'm uh, I won two from four in the redraft this week. Got my first win in the uh, the ACL, our home league as well. So. It was good, but yeah, just going back to uh, the the tight end scoring, Dave. You're in that uh, multi flex league where yeah. we've got um, ramped up scoring for tight ends, and I think Hawkinson hit sixty points for you, didn't he? Ooh. Yeah, I think it was sixty, something like that. It was. Um, I'm looking at it now. What did he get? He got sixty five point nine, which is uh yeah, no surprise. I won that that game. Was, um, yeah. You've got some funky scoring settings in place, like bonuses and, and things like that. So we get some good scores as well. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned it before, but Jared Goff, my quarterback in that league. And yeah, I'm not too unhappy about it, to be honest. Um, yeah, it'd be nice if Alvin Kamara could actually play a game once in a while. But, um, <laughs> you know, that, that, I'm, I'm sick of putting him in my lineups then having to change it about an hour before kickoff when it looks like he might play and then, uh, yeah, decides he's not going to after warm ups. But, you know, what can you do? Um, I mean, Miles, where, where can people find more from you? Um, my nonsense NFL takes can be found uh, at Miles Burrell on Twitter. There's some good takes there. Um, I mean, David, what about you? Uh, my nonsense takes on absolutely everything can be <laughs> at just ranking 20. Awesome. And uh, you can find us at first and 10 underscore. Um, we're running a competition at the moment, give away a couple of copies of uh, the new Madden. So uh, make sure you head over there. All it takes is um, a brief suite and tagging someone. So yeah, make sure you enter that. Costs absolutely nothing. Um, but yeah, that's about it, really. Um, right. Uh, we will be back on Thursday, I want to say. Uh, it might be Friday this week. Um, but yeah, we'll be back with uh, a week five preview. I mean, the season's running away. Uh, can't believe we're this far in already. But um, here we are. But uh, until next week, um, we will see you later. <laughs>